I forgot to bring up my script to see who started. <laughs> it's me. I start. Hi. Welcome to And It's Writing, a live stream and podcast where two writers have a few drinks and some laughs while we revise our old work, or in this case, the work of others. We're continuing our uh, 100th episode celebration uh, <laughs> by uh, editing more user submissions today. Uh, I'm DC McNaughton, speculative fantasy and historical fiction writer. I am working on my first five paragraphs and I have been for the last three days because I hyperfixate <laughs> and I, I have OCD and I have to get perfect because I know they're probably going to change, but I, I got to know what my character's voice is and I got to know how it sounds. So I have to sit there and nitpick at the first five paragraphs. I swear to God, I'm not still on page one. I just decided that I suck at writing past tense now. So I have to go back and fix a bunch <laughs> of tense mistakes. It's super fun and I hate it. <laughs> I am never writing a present tense book again because it ruined my life. Okay. You get that, right? You get yeah, that. I was going to say, I'm dreading the moment I have to switch because the last book I wrote was in present tense. Yeah, it, and it's the first person present tense. You know, I can write mm -hmm. the third past right now. Like third, third, third past, third past tense is fine. But because I wrote a first present tense book in, oh, now I'm writing a first past tense book and it's just not, it, my brain, it's dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. And I hate it. I'm never doing it. I, like, I'm not even fucking kidding. I am never writing a present first person book again. Do you hear that, future me? <laughs> it's not happening. Fuck off. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> what I'm reading right now, uh, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm really mad it's a book and I don't even want to mention it. But what I'm going to start reading really soon and I'm really excited about it is uh, Once There Were Wolves by Charlotte McConaughey. And I'm really excited about it because it was really hard to find like a spooky historical fiction that actually looked like it was well researched. So, and actually it's Flatiron Books that publish it, which is your publisher. So it's kind of fun. I'm going to be reading a book from your publisher and I'm really excited to start it. I've not opened it yet, but next week I'm coming for you. We have a <laughs> note in the chat to say, that says, hello, hello from Australia. So hello. Hi, Australia. Wow. We, we are the time zones yeah. matched up. I don't know what time That's it is there. <laughs> Like I feel like uh I feel like it's gotta be like um I'm gonna guess like noon. So um oh that's my intro. Uh I'm Amy Avery. I write adult fantasy. I also self-publish fantasy romance under the pen name Avery Ames. Uh what I'm working on is right now I'm not writing and it's killing me, but we are what four or five months I've lost track out from the release of the longest autumn. So we are doing we're starting all the marketing back-end stuff scheduling things starting like doing all that like fun marketing promo things that everybody hates to do and i just want to write a book again what i am reading is um <laughs> i recently read an advanced reader copy of a book that's coming out next year it's a historical romance called ne'er duke well um in traditional historical romance naming fashion it was very cute it's by alexandra vasti um, I forget exactly when it's coming out next year. I think it may be spring, but don't quote me on that. But if you like historical romance, it is a really good one. I recommend it. I do not know what I'm reading next. Uh, it might be Thistlefoot, and the author is Jenna Rose something. <laughs> I will look it up and put it in the show notes. But it's a retelling of Baba Yaga. Um, so I'm kind of interested in that one. 
Oh, you're going to have to tell me how that goes, because that kind of sounds like a good cop for my book, because mm-hmm. mine's also folklore related. So mm-hmm. maybe you want to tell me how that goes. <laughs> sounds, sounds like I might want to read it. OK, I will put that one on the list first. But yes, it's Thistlefoot, all one word. Um, and it has a beautiful cover, too. Anyways, so yeah, that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm reading. Uh, and today we're going to be revising more of our listener submissions, the last couple. And then we have a surprise for the final one. Yeah, it's a big surprise. (laughs) (laughs) And this is our usual reminder that writing is not all about rules. When we're writing, we sometimes need to break them as well. We're both firm believers that if the rules feel too suffocating or overwhelming, ignore them and just write. Also, remember that when we are editing these user submissions, these are for fun. We are not we are not being nasty boys here. We are kind and loving and we're just doing it for fun. (laughs) Um, And one last quick note before we get into the podcast proper, I'll make this really fast. If you are listening to this episode when it goes live, advanced reader copies are available of The Longest Autumn on NetGalley and Edelweiss. So if you have been following the podcast, you've heard so much of my like horrible old high school and college writing. Here's your chance to read some of the good stuff before it's released in January. So to request an ARC, uh, visit my website at averyames.com and there will be buttons right at the very top. Hell yeah, do it. Okay, um, and before we get into the drink, someone in chat says, I've been learning to be more forgiving towards myself through fanfic the past few months. It's also forced me to be more relaxed towards others, too. Fanfic is a great way because it's just for fun. Everybody's there having fun. I need to write more fanfic, you know, I need to just get out my feelings. I have written my share of fanfiction. I kind of, I'm jealous, (laughs) you know. And now you're and now you're published. So maybe there's something maybe there's a secret there, you know? Like <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we always have a paired drink with our podcast. And because this is part two of our listener submissions, I did a it's a classic cocktail um called the Corpse Reviver number two. Um and it's equal parts gin, Lille Blanc, which is a kind of a vermouthy white vermouth type. Um it's a fortified wine. And then orange liqueur, like a dry orange liqueur, and lemon juice. And it's just those four elements. Um, We did also have a request to do a matched mocktail um, because not all of our listeners do drink alcohol. So the mocktail version recipe will be posted on our website and in the show notes. But it is um, Earl Grey tea, um, anise or fennel syrup, honey, and lemon juice. So it kind of mimics some of the flavors that are in this cocktail. So that's our drink. And that means we can go into the editing. Yes, because I am drinking the same thing today, actually. So I have nothing to talk about. (laughs) Sweet. I finally made the drink. I was able to drink it. And it's awesome. I love it. I love absinthe. Cheers. I, you know, it's in this nice little glass. Nobody who's listening, you know, on their in their cars or whatever can see my glass. But it's pretty fancy. And you should come to our live session sometimes (laughs) because we miss you and we need you. (laughs) So, okay, so I'm going to switch us over to the editing screen and we will go ahead and get started with our first submission. Sounds great. Okay, our first one is, um, this one is from Naomi. Author pronouns are she, her. And it says, this is the rough draft of a nano project from years ago. Josie strolled down the hallway of her new school as if she'd spent her whole life there. She'd been visiting the school for her brother's football games for the past three years and she knew everyone that really mattered anyway. It might be a new school, but it was the same people, same dynamics, and familiar halls. She had arrived with the boys, but insisted on entering the school on her own. She didn't need her first moments of high school clouded by people thinking she needed her brothers to protect her. So she walked, skirt a half inch shorter than dress code permitted, matching polo, and heels ringing out against the floor. 
She knew heads were turning to follow her path, could see them out of the corner of her eye, but looked ahead, refusing to maintain eye contact until she walked into her homeroom classroom and found her best friend Lila waiting for her. Alphabetical seating had kept the girls sitting next to each other since kindergarten, and a natural friendship had readily followed. The two sat toward the back of the room, relishing the fact that for once they weren't arranged alphabetically. Cool! This one is a little bit long, but I left it long because I think what's here is good character work. But I just think this is one of the ones that might have some extra words. Yeah, I really like this one. The vo- the voice in this is is really it's nice, and I really like how concise it is. Like it it mm-hmm. he, it like we've moved forward quite a bit in just two paragraphs, and like that mm-hmm. that to me is like it shows that you have a lot of prowess already because that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get what you can in with as few words as possible without making it too boring, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, the, I, I think that this one is a really good one because I think it, it really is just, a, it, this is a great example of writing that is good, really good. And then it, you're like, okay, I have 120,000 words, but I need to, I need to cut 20,000 mm-hmm. out. How do I do it? This is perfect to show how to do that because I think we can probably remove maybe, mm, I don't know, 30, 30 words from this. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty good as it is, but let's see what we can do. I know uh, the first one that I saw, ah, uh, man, I don't know. What do you think first? Why don't you go first? While you're thinking, I was going to mention someone in chat says, I feel it would need more context from the greater picture of the book. Is the level of detail this much through the entire book or is it exclusive to this submission? My guess is it would probably be throughout the entire book. I think there's some really good details in here, but I also think sometimes there are things that are kind of repeated a little bit. And I think that's where we might be able to remove because we've got the, I I like the opening line as if she'd spent her whole life there. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out this first line of she'd been visiting the school for her brother's football games for the past three years. I almost wonder if we really need that here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I I think you're right about this. I don't know what the rest of the book looks like, but Mm -hmm. the thing is, is uh, because you've already told us in the first sentence that she has, you know, she's, it's a new school, but she knows it well, or she's at least confident enough to seem like she knows it well. And then in the third sentence, you say it might be a new school, but it was the same people, same dynamics and familiar halls. I really like that more as a second sentence anyway. I don't actually, you know, one could argue this one. I don't know what the rest of the book looks like, but for this, in this instance, I feel like this second sentence might get in the way of moving the story forward and, you know, if we if she's been visiting the school for her brother's football games, maybe do maybe show that later in the book, like mm-hmm. like when she's meeting a person like, oh, I know this kid from my brother's football team because he's been going here for a while. And that's how I know this person. I feel like that's better there. I would remove it. And it sounds like you would remove it, too. Yeah. yeah so like I'm, we I'm have someone. It. We have someone in chat that says something about adding her dedication to school spirit brought her to all the games. And I think that's another like interesting character tidbit that I think would go where you'd mentioned like later Mm -hmm. whether she was going to these games reluctantly or enthusiastically could tell us a lot about the character because I know I went to a lot of my brother's wrestling matches that I did not want to go to (laughs) yeah 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 um I agree I I I agree um but you know it depends on the writer it it depends on if there is that moment ahead so Mm -hmm. writer you know, obviously you've probably moved past this book by now. I, we don't know. But like if you haven't mm-hmm. and and you don't have 
uh, an interaction like that, you may want to consider keeping that second sentence and you may want to consider making it a bit more like different, not to show her familiarity with the school, but maybe have her like show her walking through it and being like, Oh yeah, I know that guy that's on the football team. Like it just, so that way it shows that she's been going to the school for the football games for three years instead of like saying it, you know, cause I think you're doing too much work for the reader. You could argue with that one for a while, but right now we're just going to leave that sentence out. And and that, that little uh, comment that was left in our uh, live chat, I think it's a good comment. Good. Consider Mm -hmm. it. Next thing I would change. So I, this third sentence I like, because it's very voicey, I think you could make the voice more. So the sentence as now is, it might be a new school, but it was the same people, same dynamics and familiar halls. Nah, nah. Same halls. Because why wouldn't you? It's fun, right? It's is that better? Mm-hmm. Same people, same dynamics, same halls. It's monotonous, but it kind of shows the monotony of what's going on, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. in this girl's head. Like, this is the same old thing, same old, same old, same old. I like that, but I am confused now because the first line says it's a new school. And then here it says it's the same halls. Let's do same halls as in other school. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. That way we're not confused. It might be a new school, but it was the same. Wait, 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 wait. Same as any other. Same people, same dynamics, same halls. How about that? That shows she's bored. She's bored with school. She's seen the same. Yeah, that's got kind of a cadence to it. Yeah, she's seen the same school a million fucking times. Uh, And it's kind of, you know, so we like that now. Third sentence, uh, well, now third sentence is she had arrived with the boys, but insisted on entering the school on her own. She didn't need her first moments of high school clouded by people thinking she needed her brothers to protect her. I want everybody listening to realize that stumble that I had when I was reading it out loud. That happened because there's too many words here. It's a it's a good sentence. It's just I stumbled because the sentiment is good. Yeah, like I like it. I like where it's going, but I actually stumbled because I was reading it out loud and my brain was like, wait, there's too many words. Which is why it's so great to read your stuff out loud. How would you fix this, Avery? Since I have done a lot of talking so far and I feel kind of bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I was just going to say, first of all, we can, this is, the. I'll, uh, I, I want to caveat all of this by saying these are all subjective changes. Anybody can make any other changes. But the first one I would ch- change is what you're highlighting now and change it to she'd yeah. instead of she had. Um, just to clean up the fewer words in this sentence. Um, because this is a long sentence. Because we can't, can't, we can't get away. Because we can't get a, we can't get away with doing. She arrived. Oh yeah, we can just do she. But she arrived at the boys. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know what? I think, I think just removing it. She insisted on entering the school on her own. She didn't need her first moments of high school clouded by people thinking she needed her brothers to protect her. That that to me insinuates that she decided not to walk in with her brothers. Mm-hmm. Does she even need, do we even need that um, she didn't walk in with a boy's line? Because the, the the bit about her brothers is in the second half of the sentence. Yeah. Can't we insinuate, like, can't we insinuate from that, that, that last part of the sentence that she did, she de- definitely did decide not to walk in with her brothers? Yeah. So she insisted on entering the school on her own. She didn't need her first moments of high school clouded by people thinking she needed her brothers to protect her. See, that sounds like a mouthful to me, but. How do I, yeah. how do we cut that? But I like, I like all the information that's here because the first moments of high school explains why it's a new school. She's a freshman. But I, and I like the sentiment of like, she doesn't want people to think her brother's protector. So I'm trying to figure out how to get all this information in and just clean it up so that it reads a little 
easier. Hmm. Or she didn't want people to think, oh, this is hard. Yeah, this is rough. This is this is one of those things that like two hours on and be like, how do I get all this information in here without cutting any of this, but making it not as mouthy and wordy? Like this is this is a rough one. Like this is this is it can be fixed, but it's hard. We have a suggestion in chat. Oh, yeah. I love it. Which says she didn't need the shadow of her brothers clouding her first moments of high school. I like that. I love it. Yeah, I like that. Thank you, chat. Yeah, thanks. Because uh, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I wanted all that information to be there. But it was just something about the specific words that, like you said, it was hard to say yeah. out loud, which is once again, why you read your stuff out loud, even though if you do it in the privacy of your own home, it feels really weird. And I hate it. But you do it. <laughs> and actually, this is passive voice. We can count that. We can cut this down even more. We can say her, um, her brother's apostrophe shadows is it one brother or two it says brothers and she said earlier something about like attending the brothers football games so i know there's more than one i don't remember if it says specifically how many well that that was that was passive voice but is this clunky i like the passive voice better i like it better too and you know sometimes the passive voice sounds better this is one of those cases where it's like you you, the, you need to break the rules sometimes yep yep nope uh, see and that's why we try we try another option we read it out loud and we say you know what i hate that <laughs> and then put it back <laughs> okay so so she walked skirt a half inch shorter than dress code permitted i think we could just lose the permitted right yeah that would make sense half inch shorter than dress code matching polo and heels ringing out against the floor and i think we can lose the ant I think. Yeah. Hate ants. If I can get rid of them, I, I get rid of them. <laughs> so she walked skirt a half skirt a half inch shorter than dress code, matching polo, heels ringing out against the floor. Out against is it's a uh, it's just an extra it's word. Competitive, yeah. It's what I don't remember what it's called. It's a uh, so it's a word. <laughs> it's called <laughs> a word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we put it in our filler words episode. I think. All right. She knew heads were turning to follow her path, could see them out of the corner of her eye, but looked ahead, refusing to maintain eye contact until she walked into her homeroom classroom and found her best friend, Lila, waiting for her. Long sentence. I think it could be cut in two. Yeah. And the first thing that I see is like, I don't I don't like that. I don't know why she knows heads are following. Is she is she pretty? So I think that you could add some voice in here mm -hmm. because she's pretty or because she's she's not following dress code right or because maybe people know who her brothers are yeah i would change to follow her path because obviously they're looking at her to follow her path mm -hmm. but you could do something like uh and again i don't know who this character is this is just assuming so i would do she new heads were turning to ogle her bare thighs let's just say that sorry author if i'm totally butchering <laughs> but like you know like that's what I would change yeah. something like that just to add more to the character because now it seems like she's super into herself, which is kind of a cool character flaw slash feature. Yeah. And if that's not the reason, just adding in a reason helps. Yeah. Add character, add world building a little bit. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think could see them out of the corner of her eye. I feel like is unnecessary. Yeah. Because we know she knew heads returning, which assumes she sees them. She knows. I would also just change the but looked ahead, refusing to maintain eye contact would just say but refused to make eye contact. What about but avoided eye contact? Oh, avoided works. But avoided eye contact. 
until she walked into her homeroom classroom, which I think we can ditch classroom because everybody knows what homeroom is, mm-hmm. into her homeroom and found her best friend, Leela, waiting for her. Do we like that? I think it works. Yeah, that's a little bit of a long sentence, but we can have long sentences. This one flows and it's understandable. So I think it's fine. Cool. Okay. Alphabetical seating had kept the girls next to each other since kindergarten and a natural friendship had readily followed. Here's the part where I'm getting confused is because they talk about alphabetical seating, keeping them next to each other. And then it says that they sit next to each other, relishing the fact that they weren't arranged alphabetically. So I assume this means that they were just excited. They get to choose next to being right next to each other. But it feels like, I don't know. I had to like read that a a time or two to, Mm -hmm. to make sense of it, to parse it out. So I would almost just say they'd met in kindergarten or something like that. I guess if you wanted to keep the poetry of the alphabetical seating, you could just cut the last part. A natural friendship had readily followed and actually just change it to, but now they sat together on purpose or something. I don't know. Like that might, I don't know. I'm not sure I love on purpose, but maybe just Uh, like intentionally or by choice or something like that. I like by choice actually, because intentionally is too... Yeah, it's too clinical, I feel like. Okay. And I would, honestly, if the back of the room is important, I would move that into like a following paragraph. I was going to make it part of the sentence. I was making that connection just as you typed it. Yeah. And then actually at the end of the sentence, there's the relishing that the fact that for once they were arranged alphabetically. Okay. So I see what the author was doing here. She was trying to insinuate the change between high school and middle school because in middle school they're alphabetical oh. and they're, she's relishing that fact. So, so we can actually do, but now they could choose to sit together. Together at the back of the room. Yes, exactly. Yeah, now I'm following what, what I think the author was trying to say. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, because that gets all the information you need and it's a lot more like concise. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the uh, I love that um, the contrast between I, I like how you included the contrast between middle school alphabetical and then high school getting mm-hmm. to choose. I feel like I remember that feeling very specifically from when I you know moved on to high school. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And now this is 134 words and we can read it. The original word count was 193. Would you like to read the new one or shall I do it? Um, I'll read the new one. Um, I'll let you read the next submission. Cool. Okay. Um, Josie strolled down the hallway of her new school as if she'd spent her whole life there. It might be a new school, but it was the same as any other. Same people, same dynamics, same halls. She insisted on entering the school on her own. She didn't need the shadow of her brothers clouding her first moments of high school. So she walked, skirt a half inch shorter than dress code, matching polo, heels ringing against the floor. She knew heads were turning to ogle her bare thighs, but avoided eye contact until she walked into her homeroom and found her best friend Lila waiting for her. Alphabetical seating had kept the girls next to each other since kindergarten, but now they could choose to sit together at the back of the room. Love it. And we've kept all the things that were that the the author wanted that it's very like character focused. I we we may have tweaked the voice a little bit, but the author could go back and, you mm-hmm. know, tweak it back into their voice a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, we did remove the bit about football, but mm-hmm. that leaves something to be put in later between mm-hmm. lo- lines of dialogue, whatever. And, and it'll it'll buff out the rest of your book. Yeah. Cool. 
Great. Great job. I love I loved this submission. It was so fun. Yeah. I, I love the voice of it. Um, regardless of how much we cut, it was it was good to begin with. I, I think you have a really nice natural uh, writing tendency. If that's a rough draft, it was good. Yeah. My rough drafts don't look like that. Mine don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Move on to submission five. Yes. All right. This one's by Emily. She, her. No information about what this is from, but we can assume it's from a lovely piece of writing. Here we go. A young girl was hiding behind a barrel. She was grinning silently, watching an argument between two politicians unfold. The subject was naturally about secret mobs dealing and secret mob dealings and other illegal messes they'd tangled themselves up in. Even at the ignorant age of 14, she could not believe that politics were becoming so much like this. Pointless arguments. She notched an arrow. The best plan to overwhelm them was to outsmart them. And unfortunately, she wasn't paid to smirk at society. Suddenly, an evil grin extended the one that she was already wearing. Instead of quietly taking out their legs, she decided to give them a surprise. As they bent over their papers to examine the documents they had spread out on the table, she let the arrow she had notched fly, punching out a window. Then she lively jumped down around the uh, barrels as the politicians looked the other way at the now shattered window. She watched their terrified moments of confusion for a few more seconds, relishing the prank that she had just pulled on the on two, two famous politicians. Then she said, as cool as you please, evening, gentlemen. <laughs> okay, first off, I know this author and I know that this piece is like very old. Like we're talking like yeah. middle school, high school old and has like <laughs> no true emotional attachment to it and is okay with us poking holes in it. So just throwing that out there before it may seem like we're mean. If this is how you wrote in high school, I'm jealous because yeah. my writing was not like this in high school. I didn't know how to add action to my writing in high school. <laughs> But I think this um, one is one of the ones where I get the scene and the scene makes sense and is like an action. Like you said, it's an action-y scene. And I think we're getting lost in the words and losing some of the action because there are a lot of, again, a lot of extra words in this one. Mm -hmm. So I think tightening it up will like help emphasize the action that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Before I get to editing, I did love that last sentence. Then she said, as cool as you please. Evening, gentlemen. I did like I that. Love that. I love that. Yeah. First thing I see is a young girl was hiding behind a barrel. And then two sentences later, ignorant age of 14. We don't need both those. I would just start this. She was grinning from behind a barrel, watching an argument between two politicians. You don't need unfold here. Mm -hmm. We can just lose that. That's a great first sentence. Mm -hmm. I love it. And if this is the very first sentence of the book, I would almost use the character's name. But if this is like, you know, after we know the character's name, she is fine. Yeah. The subject was naturally about secret mob dealings and other illegal messes they tangled themselves up in. What do you think, Avery? I actually like the subject was naturally about secret mob dealings and other illegal messes. I'd cut they tangled themselves up in just to like make the flow work better. Um, there is also a weird comma uh, before naturally. Yes. That I would get rid of, which is, I think, part of why you stumbled over that line a little bit reading it out loud. Yeah. My adult novel writing brain wants to do things to the sentence that are uncouth, probably for a YA novel, so I won't do it. <laughs> so this is working perfectly well, <laughs> I think now. Yeah. And that's one thing to mention. If the main character is 14, that means that this is either upper middle grade or lower YA, uh, which means that the sentence structure is going to be 
a little more clean, a little more straightforward. You're not going to get real flowery or purple with most YA. You can with like upper YA more than you usually do with lower YA or middle grade. It does happen, but not as often. So yeah, we do want to keep this pretty straightforward. Um, and you can have voice in there, but like, yeah, we don't, we both kind of have like, voices that are very specific and we probably they probably don't lend themselves well to this type of book so i'm going to try to like not insert myself too much into it speaking of voice i really want to do this third sentence here because i have the perfect voice for this and i really <laughs> want to make this super voicey um so this sentence says even at the ignorant age of 14 she could not believe that politics were becoming so much like this pointless arguments no no no, no, we're going to do this. I am going to completely fix this. Well, not fix it, but I'm going to rewrite it because I want to. <laughs> Come on. Even a 14-year-old knew these. How do I want to do this? Because I, I want to do something like it says now for you guys listening. Um, It says, come on. Even a 14-year-old knew these pointless arguments were, well, pointless. <laughs> that's, that's what I just yeah, did. I like the repetition. And it does. It has a lot of voice. Okay. See, I and I love a character thinking of themselves as an ignorant 14-year-old. That's a really good sign that you're telling, not showing. So let her think it, you know, like, come on, like, even I know this. Um, That's a great opportunity to show voice, mm-hmm. which is what I just did. I'm sure Emily knows that by now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now Emily is very, like, solidly awesome. found her voice. But this one, I like this voice for the age range. Yes. It's a little bit snarky. It's kind of fun and it kind of it, it fits the the genre and the the age category. Perfect. I will let you handle the end of this paragraph as I have spoken too much, I feel. <laughs> I was just going to clean it up and say she notched an arrow. The next line is the best plan to overwhelm them most to outsmart them and unfortunately she wasn't paid to smirk at society, which I do like that last part. I was just going to change it to she notched an arrow. Unfortunately, she wasn't paid to smirk at society. You don't think it would be better without the at society? You like the at society? Or maybe smirk at politicians? I like that. Smirk at wealthy stupid heads. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, But that's what I would do. I feel like society was just... Because some society is not so bad. Mm -hmm. But I don't know the book. The stupid heads... It seems a little juvenile, but kids read up. It is. You can remove so, it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, kids read up. So, like, if the main character's 14, your readers might be 12. Right. In which case, this is, you know, still a little juvenile for 12, but still kind of funny in the way that they're like, huh? Shit. Let's really make this We'll We'll leave it in here just knowing that, like, uh, we could do, like, wealthy idiots or something. Well, I guess I'll do that. Something Bye. that's more <laughs> age-appropriate. <laughs> I love reading the word shit as a 14 year old. Yes. Okay. Um, suddenly an evil grin extended the one that she was already wearing. No, suddenly. No, suddenly. And something about this sentence. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a much. Yeah. There's just, it's almost something about the extended the one she was already wearing is a lot of words. I don't know. She grins sardonically. That's a big word. And I don't even know that it fits. Well, and we have grinning at the very, very beginning of the other one. Like the very beginning first sentence is she was grinning from behind a barrel. Oh, so she's already grinning. So I almost wonder if we really even need to mention that she like grins wider or if we just move into the next part. 
That's what I would do. I would just <laughs> meh. So someone in chat on the wealthy idiots mentioned at plastic counselors in empty suits. LOL. <laughs> yes. Which I, I kind of like. Um, we, we could change it. Sure. Plastic. Plastic. What is it? Counselors? Counselors. Do it for fun. We're just going to do it for fun. Yeah. Okay. Instead of quietly taking out their legs, she decided to give them a surprise. I would change it to instead of she decided to because that's a bit telly change it to an internal thought sort of you don't need to italicize but like let's give them a surprise something like that I again this is a voice issue I feel like mm -hmm. um I would do something like well she could take out their legs why not give them a surprise yeah. That's something like that. Again, it's like, it's just more fun, I guess. Yeah. Well, she could take out their legs, but why not give them a surprise? It, it's a little voicier, but it also gets rid of that telling of the she decided. Yeah. Yeah, it does. We don't like she decided, but sometimes it works, you know? Yeah. Fuck the rules sometimes. <laughs> but here, I love this. As they bent over their papers to examine the documents they had spread out on the table, she let the arrow she had notched fly. Well, we definitely don't need arrow she had notched. We already know she's notched it. She let the arrow fly punching out a window i also think we don't need the to examine the documents they had spread out on the table because it says as they bent over their papers so we know they're like leaning over and looking at some sort of documents at which point you can assume that they're on a table or desk of some sort yeah as they bent over their documents she let the arrow fly punching out a window yeah i guess if they're bent over you would have to assume because their documents aren't going to be on the ground yeah. i suppose so it's i think that's a take it or leave it situation mm -hmm. we're gonna we're going to remove it for now, but I feel you could probably make either work if you wanted to. She let the arrow fly punching out a window. She then lively jumped around the barrels as the politicians looked the other way at the now shattered window. I don't think we need at the now shattered window because they're going to look the other way because they heard the window. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. And we don't need the then. And I don't like lively jumped. Man, lively is hard to say after most of this drink. <laughs> we could say swiftly. We could say swiftly. I think that's a reading issue. Yeah. Like a, like an out loud reading issue. Ooh, someone says nimbly. N oh, nimbly. Yes. I like nimbly. 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 I am going to actually change the order of the sentence because I, I feel like it, it's losing the action because we're starting it with she. I'm going to say the politician's. Politicians turned around. The politicians. How about as the politicians turned, she nimbly jumped around the barrels because we know that it punched out a window or as the politicians turned to look. OK, uh, as they've been over their documents, she let the arrow fly punching out a window. The politicians turned and she nimbly jumped around the barrels. OK, I yes? like that. Yeah. I didn't use as in front because as is in the first word in the previous sentence. Oh, yep. So I kind of just, I kind of just like, uh, yeah. it's that action. You sort of jump from one, you know, mm -hmm. thing to another. She watched their terrified moments of confusion, changed it to terrified confusion for a few more seconds, relishing the prank that she had just pulled on the two f famous politicians. We don't need that again because we know. Mm -hmm. What else would we change about this? Normally, I'm going to make a note that this is something you might want to watch. I like it here, but the for a few more seconds... It's just something to keep an eye on, like for a second, for a moment, etc. But I like it here because it is it is actually serving a purpose. But yeah, there's a lot of times where they did this for a moment and you can cut the for a moment or they did this for a few seconds and mm -hmm. you can cut it. But like I said, here, I like it. 
Yeah, I, I think I like it too. So the last change I made to this was I'm just going to leave it relishing her little uh, her little prank instead of the prank that she had just pulled. Yeah. Because we don't know that information. Um, then she said, as cool as you please, evening gentlemen, which I absolutely love. I like that. I don't know if I'd change anything about that. Uh, this is now down from 187 words to 118. Yay. I guess I'll read the whole thing now. Okay. She was greeting from behind a barrel, watching an argument between two politicians. The subject was naturally about secret mob dealings and other illegal messes. Come on. Even a 14-year-old knew these pointless arguments were, well, pointless. <laughs> she notched an arrow. Unfortunately, she wasn't paid to smirk at plastic counselors in empty suits. <laughs> Well, she could take out their legs, but why not give them a surprise? As they bent over their documents, she let the arrow fly, punching out a window. The politicians turned, and she nimbly jumped around the barrels. She watched their terrified confusion for a few more seconds, relishing her little prank. Then she said, as cool as you please, evening, gentlemen. I like that. Because we're keeping what I think the core of the scene was, which was the action and the kind of like snarkiness, um, especially yes. because that last line gives us a lot of personality. So we've just kind of like imbued that personality through the rest of it a little bit. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Emily. I really appreciate it. Yes. So for this last submission, I have to admit to our audience that, uh, well, I submitted the last submission. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just before we go to this, uh, I wrote this one actually in college. I was like 26. So like these other submissions that you guys read, you know, wrote in high school, you guys were so much fucking better than me in high school. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> before I put this, uh, uh, mine's a little long. And it, I'll tell you, before I put it in to the, sub to the submission window, it, um, well, I had to remove 300 words just to <laughs> make sure it was moving forward enough that we could actually edit it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> can't wait. I take responsibility <laughs> for this one. I'm going to make Avery read it and probably you know, do a good amount. I, I, I edit Avery stuff all the time here on the podcast. <laughs> I'm excited to see what Avery thinks about my fucking horrible rating. Oh, how the turntables. Oh, how the turntables. Um, okay, and I will read this. I have not read this before, so we'll see how this goes. It was usual for the smell of homemade apple pie to fill the Connors family far farmhouse on an autumn afternoon. Elsie Connor, who was Hugh Connor's wife, had been baking apple pies during the fall season ever since she had learned the recipe when she was pregnant with their now seven-year-old son, Desmond. She, <laughs> she, <laughs> sorry, I can't help but poke a little funny. She would make around three dozen pies in a season, more friends requested pies, and she would give them away for free, feeling like she had been paid just being given the opportunity to make more pies. Some days she would make three pies in one day, and if her husband and son didn't eat them, then she would feed the pies to outside songbirds. The word pies is losing all meaning, just heads up. Uh, we're still going, though. She had just finished cooling her first pie of the season when her son Desmond came hurling himself through the front door carrying a frog in his hand. He had tried hiding it from her view, but she could see one of the creature's poor legs hanging out of his hand between the boy's middle and ring finger. Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> what are you doing, boy? Elsie said, lifting a brow. Now you won't be getting any pie if you don't take the animal back into the yard. Desmond frowned. But mother, this one is so big, he takes up my whole hand. What happened to the other frog ye took from the basin? The young boy's mouth limped to one side of his face. Died. Well, did ye feed it? I gave him lots of grass. All the grass I could find. Elsie sighed and waved a hand to dismiss him. You'll feed the frog this time. Bugs. <laughs> the word pies. 
By the way, someone said in the chat that they are craving the McDonald's apple pie. <laughs> oh, oh, I cut 300 words from this. What? No. How many of them were the word pie? <laughs> uh, probably a lot. Honestly, you guys, like, I literally, like, I was like, I want to get to the dialogue, so I have to cut out some of this fucking pie business. I... <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole oh. lot about about the baking and the giving away of the pies. Oh, God. It's The thing is, is it's long. This is long, mm-hmm. but it's going to be so easy to edit. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just gonna let you go to town on it because I know it's gonna be easy to edit because I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm looking at this, so I'm gonna really brutally cut this apart. Hell yeah, you are. <laughs> so we're just gonna, but I am. Ugh, this keyboard. I would literally cut the whole. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I'm I'm gonna cut it down to like two sentences. You're so kind. You're just like, how do I do this? Please. Okay, I'm going to read this. So we changed the first sentence to the smell of homemade apple pie filled the Connors family. We're going to get rid of family. The Connors (laughs) farmhouse this autumn afternoon as usual. So that gets rid of the like, I forget what it said before, but something about like it was common on an autumn afternoon or something. We do not need. Okay, so the next sentence is Elsie Connor, who was Hugh Connor's wife, had been baking apple pies during the fall season ever since she learned the recipe when she was pregnant with their now seven-year-old son, De- Desmond. Um, we're going to cut all of that. And the next sentence starts with, she would make around three dozen pies in a season. So we're going to cut the she. So we're just going to change it to Elsie Connor would make around three dozen pies in a season. Three dozen pies or more in a season. It says more friends requested pies. So now it's Elsie Connor would make around three dozen pies or more in a season. She would give them away for free, feeling like she had been paid just being given the opportunity to make more pies. We're just going to say Elsie Connor would give a, we're going to go back to the previous sentence, would give away three dozen pies. We're going to get rid of the or more. I'm really brutally cutting this. So, I would have literally just gone like, I would have literally just put Elsie Connor love to make pies. Pies, pies, pies. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get the whole part about the someday she would make three pies in one day. And if her husband's son didn't eat them, she would feed the pies outside the songbirds. I like the fact that she would feed the pies to songbirds because that's a character trait that she's like, here, I'm not going to just throw them away. Can you believe the story wasn't even about pies? It was about the boy. The boy is the protagonist. Desmond's the protagonist, guys. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> um, so, yeah, the previous sentence was Elsie Connor would give away three dozen pies in a season. And then there's the whole bit about she would give them away for free, feeling like she had been paid, just given the opportunity to make more pies. Someday she would make three in a day. And if her husband's son <laughs> didn't eat them, then she would feed the pies outside songbirds. I would just change Holy it to would give away three dozen pies in a season, feeding any extras to outside songbirds and we'll get rid of outside to songbirds you know because there's indoor song okay so we've now cut that entire first paragraph which was like i don't know how many words but it was like five or six sentences um to the smell of homemade apple pie filled the connor's farmhouse this autumn afternoon as usual elsie connor would give away three dozen pies in a season feeding any extras to songbirds there's a little bit of a time jump there but we're just gonna leave it right now we may polish that later it's fine it's still way better than what it was. <laughs> yeah. She had just finished cooling her first pie of the season when her son Desmond came hurling himself through the front door carrying a frog in his hand. We don't need to know she's been cooling the first pie of the season. <laughs> I almost do want to put, I hate to do this. I don't want to use a suddenly. Instead of removing, she had just finished cooling her first pie of the season and just changing it to her son Desmond. Well, not came hurling. 
hurled himself through the front door. I would get rid of Carrie. This is a voice thing, but I would just do with a frog in his with. hand. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and actually, that means there's probably not a comma here. Commas are my nemesis. Uh, there may or may not need to be one there. Just don't at me. In, <laughs> in fact, you may want to change it to trying to fry it to hide a frog in his hand so that we don't need that second. Oh, yeah. The next sentence says he had tried yeah. hiding it from her view, but she could see one of the poor creatures. So front door hiding a frog in his hand. One of the creatures poor instead of she could see one of the creatures poor legs, just one of the creatures poor legs. I'm going to put was hanging because I don't know if it's hung. Hung out of his hand. So we're just going to say one of the creatures poor legs was hanging out of his was hanging out of his hand. I don't think we need to know between which fingers. I don't think so either. <laughs> so one of the creatures, poor legs, was hanging out of his hand. Now we get to the fun part where we're going to talk <laughs> about. We have on the schedule to have a whole episode about writing accents. This is this is a. I yes we yes before you get to that though I just want to say everybody this I put this I used this one to show you guys this thing that we do where we're like we we are convinced that the reader wants to read all this fucking useless description but really what we want to get to is the dialogue so this is a classic uh lesson in hurry the fuck up and get to dialogue <laughs> and i will add someone in chat said if it's any consolation i used to write like this when i was 16 some trails of the style are still in my current fix it's been a soul journey cries in a corner you can do it um yeah it's oh man 16 that's adorable yeah. i was 26 yeah and also it's it's a first draft thing i still do that in my first drafts i i just over there write descriptions and stuff this was my third draft <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so yes we want to discuss briefly we will go into further detail in a future episode um writing accents <laughs> it can be very distracting <laughs> Yeah, it can. Especially when it's not clear exactly what um, I I will say. I don't even know. I grew up reading. I don't know if it's Brian Jakes or Brian Jocks, the Redwall series. And he phonetically writes all of the accents. They're all various and sundry UK accents. <laughs> But he writes them, and especially the moles are some sort of rural accent. I'm sorry. I don't know exactly the regions very well. But you have to, like, translate them in your head. And when I was a kid, I had the patience for that. As an adult, I do not. So what I would say is if she has an accent, I would change it to, what are you doing, boy? Elsie said her fill-in-the-blanks accent thick or something like that. So you know, say her rural accent thick where for wherever this world is or whatever. We don't even, you know, though, you know, the thing is, is the way she don't even need it. it. It's is it not like a character trait or something? It's not, you know, okay. like eventually you do find out that they are living in a, um, you know, in, in, in their, in a rural area. But the thing is, is like you can use context clues to be able to tell stuff like that. For instance, the pack, the fact that they are living in a farmhouse uh, with, you know, of this bitch feeding pies to songbirds, you know, they're probably not in the city and you can let your reader decide what does a rural accent sound like? Because not all rural accents are the same. <laughs> I, 
I changed it to. Yes, I like that. What are you doing? I changed it to what are you doing and made what are a, an apostrophe R-E, which is one of those words that's like, you can use the dialect without typing out the accent. So if people are used to using verbs a certain way or whatever. Now, there are some stereotypes and some some things to avoid. You don't want to start falling into racial stereotypes or anything with this. But especially in this case, because it is just kind of a regional rural accent. Um, you know, my family was Southern. I was born in Mississippi. I, I will say that the context clue here is boy. Dude, I don't hear people in North U.S. saying boy at the mm -hmm. end of stuff. That is a Southern thing, at least the way I remember what Southern sounded like to me. Mm -hmm. And that's when you read that, when your reader reads that, that might be enough on its own. But I also like the water. That's not saying that the character is uh, not smart by any mm -hmm. means, because this character actually is smart. It's just a regional thing. Yeah, because, you know, her words are running together. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Yeah. If a character says y'all, we, we can figure out their accent <laughs> at least close yeah. enough okay now the next line is it's i just changed it to what are you doing boy elsie said and the next line is now you won't be getting any pie if you don't take the animal back into the yard i'm trying to figure out how to change this i would just now comma you won't be getting any pie if you don't take the animal um or whatever i don't know i don't know how what you want to do with the um ass end of that sentence but yeah the front if you go now, comma, you won't be getting any pie. That to me, for somebody who was raised by a Southern family, now you almost reads Southern. It's weird. Um, now you won't be getting any pie if you don't take it outside. I don't, I don't know. For me, I don't hear people in the Midwest saying now you. It, mm -hmm. It's weird. You know, these are the small context clues we can use to show accent without writing accent, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially even like the now you won't be getting is also kind of a regional thing a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Now you won't be getting any pie if you don't take it back outside. Man, I'm reading the accent and I'm starting to get into like, <clears throat> you won't be getting any yeah. pie. <laughs> right. Right. Now you won't be getting any pie uh, because it's right there. You know, like you don't need all the fucking yees and fucking <laughs> whatever the yeah. fuck else I was doing. I also don't know if the next sentence is des or next paragraph is desmond frowned but mother this one is so big he takes up my whole hand i don't hear a lot of kids actually say mother if that makes sense yeah 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 yep so even just but this one is so big he takes up my whole hand i actually like that fine yeah yep. but i would remove mother i would so too. I'm gonna take it out there you go and what happened to the other frog you took from the base? And we're just going to change it to you. I otherwise like that sentence. <laughs> um, and I actually like the young boy's mouth limp to one side of his face died. I like that. It's like a one word <laughs> bit of dialogue. Uh -huh. um, well, did we're going to get rid of a ye? Well, did you feed it? And honestly, this is me. I the would well. change the well to a now. Now, did you feed it? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, my mama sounded like that. Now, now this, now that. Like, that's that's a great way to show accent. I gave him lots of grass, all the grass I could find. I would actually get rid of the of all the grass I could find. Yeah. All the grass I could find. Um, Elsie sighed and waved a hand to dismiss him. I would get rid of the to dismiss him because we know that's probably why she's waving a hand. Yeah. Instead of you'll, yeah. you'll feed the frog this time. <laughs> bugs i like this the you'll feed the frog this time bugs <laughs> she's giving him a chance to mess up again she knows it's gonna die again i mean come on people but yeah 
So we have now shortened it. <laughs> it is 145 words now. We've cut it. It was 274. We cut it almost in half. It, it actually feels like something is happening besides pies, pies, pies. <laughs> I wish I wish we could have counted how many times the word pie. <laughs> it was at least uh, seven. Now, hold on. I can do that. Well, no, I can't because I don't have it open. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I will read the final one and we'll see because we did kind of brutally cut this apart. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, the smell of homemade apple pie filled the Connors farmhouse this autumn afternoon, as usual. Elsie Connor would give away three dozen pies in a season, feeding any extras to songbirds. Her son Desmond hurled himself through the front door, hiding a frog in his hand. One of the creature's poor legs was hanging. Oh, hey, wait, we're reading out loud. Hiding a uh -huh. frog in his hand when the creature's poor legs was hanging out. Out. Yeah. Um, hiding a frog in his hand, one of the creature's poor legs was hanging out. What are you doing, boy? Elsie said. Now you won't be getting any pie if you don't take it back outside. Desmond frowned. But this one is so big. He takes up my whole hand. <laughs> what happened to the other frog you took from the basin? The young boy's mouth limped to one side of his face. Died. Now did you feed it? I gave him lots of grass. All the grass I could find. <laughs> Elsie sighed and waved a hand. You'll feed the frog this time. Bugs. Yay! <laughs> that gets us to the dialogue so much faster. It's so much better now. The dialogue is where the action really is. And we we cut the pie thing down to two sentences and still kept <laughs> the important information, which is that the as usual tells us that she may, you know, that it's a commonplace occurrence. It says she would give away three dozen pies in a season, knowing that she's making them all the time. And then the extra to songbird shows that she's at least soft hearted enough to like feed the animals, even though later she's like, yeah, your frog's going to die. <laughs> Yes, yes, ex exactly. Um, thank you so much for fixing this old work. And thanks for letting me, uh, I, I wanted to give you guys a big long one to sh and, I, and I cut down the dialogue a lot because I wanted <laughs> to kind of show like how important it is to like, you know, get to the fucking point, Darren. That's me. I'm Darren. <laughs> I think this is good. I think we did some good work here. I think so too. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, and thanks for yes. your submissions. Maybe we can do this again sometime. Uh, maybe on episode 200, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not get too hasty, but our next episode is uh, September 29th um, on writing flashbacks or multiple timelines. I know you have thoughts. Our next live episode. Yeah. Yeah, we'll still do our mini episodes um, on Mondays uh, that are the off weeks. And yeah, yeah, you can find everything about the podcast at anditswriting.com or look us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, anywhere you listen, we should be there. Podcatchers as well. You can also follow us on, well, no, not Twitter. I haven't changed the script. Uh, we're technically still on Twitter X, whatever it is, but we don't use it anymore. But we're mostly using Instagram now. It is and it's writing. We are also on Blue Sky at the same username. Uh, so check there for episode updates and notifications. All one word. Yeah, all one word. Just and it's writing. So yeah, thank you for joining us and we will see you again soon. Bye. <laughs>